0: to the Italian Wine Podcast. I'm Rebecca Lawrence and this is Voices. In this set of interviews, I will be focusing on issues of inclusion, diversity and allyship through intimate conversations with wine industry professionals from all over the globe. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating to ItalianWinePodcast.com. Any amount helps us cover equipment, production and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This is the Voices series with me, Rebecca Lawrence. This week, I'm excited to be talking to Fanny Bray. Welcome to the podcast, Fanny.
1: Thank you. I'm
0: very happy to be with you today. So I like to start most of these conversations by asking my guests to introduce themselves to our listeners. So maybe you can give us a little bit about who you are and what you're currently working on.
1: Sure, I'm Fanny, Fanny Breuil. I'm French, I am from Angers in La Loire. I have always been working with wines. Uh, This is actually my background. I have studied agronomy, engineering and analogy. And first I have uh, worked as a winemaker in France Italy and Chile, and then as a salesperson for a wine importer in the United States, and back to France in two thousand eight, I have found my company Genuine Wines, uh, with a deep willing to help wine growers, um, locating in lesser known region or underestimated region, to to be more known and to develop their export market. So
0: now that you're primarily involved in export, what is it you miss? from those initial experiences with winemaking? Because obviously it's very different being based, you know, in a more kind of office environment, being on the phone, emails, to
1: actually being in a
0: vineyard or a winery. So (laughs) what do you miss about those experiences?
1: Yeah, this is true. Um, I think what I miss most, um, this is the harvest time, the vinification. Um, This is very intense time. Also, a teamwork. You are in the in the cellar. You you, are, you work, of course, every day. The yeast never stop. <laughs> and uh, and uh, but there is a team, and you see the the construction of uh, the vintage from uh, from the grapes to to what would become the wine after. But this is this is really yeah, intense and everyday work. Lots of uh, cross decisions and um, and exhausting, but also giving you lots of energy. That's something uh, I think I could miss most, but I think I, I like people as much as I like wine. So my today's work, um, yeah, of course I have emails and phoning, but I also have lots of meeting, in-person meetings in a normal year. I mean, outside of COVID, but when you can travel, when you can always learn new culture, new habits and, um, Learning how to stay humble and also the education part of the work because I work with lesser known region and native grapes. So you have to explain and to, and to inform and to also sometimes only show the wines because sometimes it's wines less known. So also only a tasting, the wines can talk by itself. And, and I really like this too
0: think that this background in inology and agronomy gives you something a little bit extra when you are working in your business now. Is it advantageous to have come from this very direct background working in in the vineyards and directly with the wines?
1: I don't know if it's uh it make me some an advantage. I know that for sure. It makes me uh, decide. I have created this company. I have created the group and um, and also my partners. Uh, the, uh, the 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 relationship that I have built. It's thanks to this background because I have always uh, all the basis is on technical. The the way I. I select the wines. It's because I am um, aware of the passion the wine growers are showing in their winemaking. And I, I need it because that's my background. That's what I know for sure. So I need to always uh, go back to the roots, how it's made, how people worked in the vineyards. And, and since I understand this, I will explore this and, and use it. Everybody will, um, We would create a company depending on who they are. And and me, this is uh, what made more sense to me. Uh, I, I had to talk. I had to, the fundamental had to be the technical aspects.
0: So you founded Genuine Wines in 2008. So very well established by now. Could you tell us a little bit more about this company, how it works and the ethos?
1: Yes, um, I was back from uh, the United States where I have worked for a wine importer. Uh, it was in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin, I was not able to join a wine production because there were no wine production. So that was my first experience with sales. And I have uh, really enjoyed it uh, being part of um team and, and explaining the wines to the customers, uh, restaurants or, or wine stores and, and organizing tastings. So when I came back to France, I knew I wanted to continue this and, uh, to explore more before maybe coming back to the wine production. So I was in Alsace at that time and, um, I remember that anytime I was answering a wine position as a, a wine exporter, a salesperson, I didn't really like the wines. So uh, back to my background, uh, the, the previous question you had, uh, I was not able, I, I didn't feel I could be able to to sell these wines. And um, when I really liked the wines, the producer, were the, the domains were too small to hire someone full time. And uh, this was the... The starting point, how could I do this? How could I be a, an ambassador for wines for that I really like? Only by being a, a kind of part-time export manager. And it was um, uh, by talking with wine growers that this um, project has been able to, to start. Uh, I was at La stopa talking with uh, Elena Pantaleoni, who I knew very well. I have worked there. And and, and I was explaining this project and she said, yes, wh- why not? L- let's do it. You, you know my wine. We, and that has been the start. So I have started with uh, uh, La Lastopa Wines in Emilia-Romagna and uh, Domaine Rolet in the Jura. So under lesser known wine region or underestimated wine region, and, and I, I had the feeling I have to a lot to say and uh, to, to show all the wonderful wine it was. And today I have continued, little by little, the, the it's not a big group, it remains very small because I, I do, I think I have this mission to be the ambassador, uh, seriously, of all the wine growers, as if it was them. I, I It's really being part of each team. It's um we, we work hand in hand, uh, I sometimes do the f- final tasting bef- when they do the blend, uh, I, I am involved in the, in their, the wine production, the, how they want to do wine. And I share also in return a lot about what's happening on different markets and, uh, the wine, the wine importer, they are partners. They come and they visit the winery. So I'm not an in-middle person. I'm more feeling part of each team and, and together the wine growers and I, as if I was their salesperson, uh, hired, uh, we, we, we developed the export market.
0: So one of the emphases you have is organic wines and, as you said, these very local grape varieties. Why was it important for you to really put the emphasis on this rather than maybe doing something, you know, quote unquote, easier by working with someone who's maybe a little bit
1: bigger or,
0: more, you know, less less difficult to market, maybe?
1: Yeah, maybe because I like when it's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so about organic um, Wine, it's not vital. Well, I mean, yes, today it would be hard to me to, to have a, a dinner, a good, good, and having no wine to drink. But in a, in an agronomy vision, um, we, thinking that we will, um, use ground to grow grapes and, and then to do wine. I think we need to, to grow grape with, um, as less as possible, chemical products to keep the, the soil alive, to keep the soil, um, yeah, unpolluted. Uh, uh, I have my, my agronomy um, uh, major was uh, about uh, chemical treatment, how to unpollute. I don't know how we say it in English, but how to we take care of pollution. So I have always been aware of organic wines, and also because I like organic wines when I... When I taste them, well, organic or biodynamic wines or natural wines, and um, it was natural for me to to go on this uh, direction. I I don't belong to any church neither, so not all wine growers uh, were organic certified when I started, but they they all have a a willing to work with less chemical product as, as possible. And today, uh, yes, all of the wine growers I am working with has, have started to, to transform the wineries into organic production. And regarding, as for native grapes, as for native grapes, I think it's because I like artisans. I like handcraft. I, I don't like standardization. I, I like, uh, when it's different, when it has an original taste and, and native grape, we will bring us different tastes right away because it has a different DNA, different ex- expression. So it's interesting. And also it's, it's, it changed. So yeah, doing something, I don't like mainstream. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to do something different. And what could I bring to to wines that are always known? Nothing. I think I can bring on me by showing something new something uh, unknown or less known so this is because uh, I need to feel useful (laughs) also maybe (laughs) so speaking of new
0: actually uh, in addition to exporting wine you have returned to the production of it with the founding of Labadin I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. So this is a project that you've described as a as a project of friendship. So maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about it and
1: the kinds of wine you're producing. Yes, La badence it's a, it's a small project, but it's less of fun. Well, it started, it was fun for starting too. Well, it's back to 2009, 10. I was in the Rhône Valley. I was visiting a, a friend of mine, Thomas, a classmate. Uh, we are very close friends, he and his family. And... I was building the portfolio, and I was thinking to, to work with uh, win- wineries from the Rhone. And Thomas, he is a consultant for organic producers, so uh, naturally he was uh, helping me meeting producers. And at the end of every 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 end of day, we are, we are have dinner, tasting wines, of course, solving the world's problem. You know, this is a very French thing, <laughs> and. Um, I think at the end of the three days of the small week, I don't remember, we were even talking about our, about our ideal wines and we were trying blends and that has been the start of, of it. as something very, Thomas had uh, already made wine for the, the 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 vintage the birth of our kids he has kids from 2005 and 7 and me too and, and for the 2005 we had a cuvée to share with all the friends he he was already on this uh, idea to to explore the wine production and and I think I had just started the sales and I was missing more than Today even uh, was missing the the wine production, so it has it has been quite naturally that we have started our own cuvée in from Ventoux. Again, Ventoux is an underestimated wine region. I think less and less, and this is great. But um, back to two thousand nine and ten, it was uh, really the 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 wine known for. Bad quality, little price. But uh, we have very serious, a uh, great terroir, great possibility, great potential. So um, we have focused on a very precise terroir, on the hilly terraces, altitude, and working with uh, Grenache, Carignan, some Mourved. and it has it. it, it has worked. While well. we have found people who who liked it, it's it's it remains very small. And then, quite naturally, Thomas was. Uh, in love with the Clairette, and he, he wanted to do a white wine from Clairette. so we named our vaciras white after his name thomas and little by little we have increased the the range to today we have seven wines from claret which is not so so well known but can do fantastic wines there is no higher city but it's remained very balanced very elegant it's matured it's a late harvest so it it uh, works very well with this stony and warm region. Uh, we have also Chateauneuf-du-Pape or Vin de France. So we have um, a range from uh, different expression of wines we can have from this region, uh, Ventoux and Vaqueraz.
0: I love that you've managed to keep all of the things that you love kind of together you know, being an ambassador for other people's wines, but also continuing to make an experiment with wines yourself—it it seems like the best of both worlds to me.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think uh, nothing has never been planned in my in my life, but it's always meeting and, and passion. I have the feeling uh, I do uh, I live my dream and uh, I do what I like and and then it's like a puzzle when I when I look back uh, it seems that I am building a bigger puzzle every day <laughs> but still working with passions and and, uh, and I feel happy with this
0: so speaking of passion you talked already a little bit about working with Lestoff is this where your your passion for Italian wine started or did it come before that
1: Alors, when I went to La Stoppa, it was in 2000, I was validated my last internship for the Enology pr- Diploma. So I had already the wine passion before that. Um, I, I have done a, a, an internship in La Loire with Olivier Cousin, also passionate wine growers. But at La Stoppa, I have met two people, uh, Elena Pantaleoni and Julia Armani, who really um, Uh, There are people I I hold in high esteem and to whom I I owe a lot. Uh, They are um, really uh, wine enthusiasts. They know wine. They know wine, natural wine, because this is wine that they do. But even more than that, I I remember during uh, the time there, we were tasting wines from everywhere. Italy, of course, but France and Germany and Chile and uh, Australia. We were always tasting wines uh, for lunch, one glass, uh, and, and talking about it, Slovenian wines. So it's it really, uh, for, especially for me, back to in 2000, for, as, a, as a French person, this was a door open to the wine world. And, um, and, and this I have been very lucky uh, I met them. And, and also their approach, they always wonder, is this the right way to do or... And this feeling, this approach has always been great to, to, to me. Um, Giulio Armani, for instance, um, when I have done what became after uh, later the, the future Ageno, back in 2001, it was not Ageno, it was just trials... But making a, a white wine with skin contact, I was just a fresh enologist from France. So, white um, white wine macerating white wine was really uncommon. And I remember asking him, "What? Why? What are we doing? What? Why do we? What do we? Do I do pumping over every day? Uh, because we." I was at the winery when the grapes, the harvest arrived. We had to dis to, to steamed it, to to crush, to put in that, and then, do pumping over in the morning. I say, well, what are we doing? <laughs> and, and, and I will always remember this sentence he told me: "Who said that we have to do a white wine this way and a red wine this way?" Of course, I have no no answers to, to this question. I, It's, it's an open question. And also, all wine growers, I think, all of them, they are always experimenting. They love it. They have one moment of the year to experiment. This is harvest time. And there is always a cellar, in the cellar, a vat, a barrel, something hidden. But they experiment, they try, and, and this is really great when you, when they, they let you know more about their experience. So yes, um, a great experience at Lastoppa.
0: So you have recently participated in the Vinitali International Academy program here, becoming an ambassador, so continuing your Italian wine journey. So in order to kind of close our conversation today, I wanted to ask what's next for you and maybe
1: what's next for you and your journey in Italian wine? So, well, um, this program, Vinitali Academy, uh, this has been Fantastic. A fantastic journey in native grapes and very deep, very intense, very solid uh, education program. So um, today, the continue my journey, I have a small Italian wine importation in France. So I have already started back to Verona to share all the knowledge I have learned with my customers and um, being more precise uh, uh, about the grapes, about the origin, the, 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 the terroir and And that's that's very that's fantastic to 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 be able to to share with them, Uh, and then continuing continuing learning. I think this has been the start. Uh, This uh, first um, it was the first time I I was back to school, (laughs) we can say uh, back uh, after twenty years, and uh, I think I want to continue to continue learning always. Well, you learn every day when you when you work with wine. I think by listening to wine growers, but continuing learning uh, more uh, about this great country, all the native grapes from Italy, all the terroir, the the microclimate. It's a long, it will be a long journey. And then also the other country, why not? Fanny, thank you so much
0: for joining me on the Italian Wine Podcast today where can our listeners find you and what you're doing online or on social media? Uh,
1: So you can uh, find me on Instagram mainly uh, with uh, Genuine Wines or with Fanny Boy. Thank you so much for this great conversation. Thank you very much. It has been a a, a great pleasure for me to be with you today. Thank you.
0: Thank you to everyone for listening. Don't forget to follow us on social media, subscribe and of course donate on the website to make sure we can keep these great conversations flowing.